Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. It is such an honor to be with you again here tonight, uh, Dwell Church, and uh, I definitely won't take anyone hostage tonight. If you need to leave, please feel free to go. I'm going to share a quick word, and then I really believe that God wants to move in the prophetic in this place tonight, so we're going to just pray over everyone who wants to receive a word tonight. If you need a miracle in this place, I believe that God wants to move in miracle working power. Uh, As I was praying for the service as well, I felt like God was speaking to me about what he wants to do here on Sunday nights and that he was going to start birthing stuff in this atmosphere. And then Pastor Nicole got up and shared a testimony um, about a friend of ours who um, had been healed in a meeting like this, a revival meeting like this, and actually been able to give birth to children. And so I felt God say as well, we need to pray for people who have been told that they can't have children in this place and believe for miracles there or family members as well. And I just believe that God is doing something so special with these Sunday nights. And I was saying to Pastor David and Nicole, as we were coming into these Sunday night services and what you guys are planning as a church in the future here, I really feel like what God has marked this Sunday night space for is what Dwell was born for. It's what you guys were born to do. It's what this church was born to carry. It's what God wants to do in this place Um, And not only here, but to touch the nations of the world. So I'm super excited to be sharing the word with you tonight. And I also just wanted to honor your incredible senior pastors. Can we give it up, Pastor David and Nicole? For just being obedient to what God wants to do in this place. I believe that God is up to something. God is doing something in this place and uh, something's about to break out. And if you are from another church, welcome to you as well. So glad that you could join us tonight at Dwell Church. Um, I want to share a message with you tonight called God's Waiting List. God's waiting list. And I was so encouraged when Reggie stopped in the middle of worship and he said, church, we're not going to strive for the presence of God and for an outpouring of God's spirit. It's all about just waiting and waiting on what he wants to do. And I was so encouraged because I was like, yeah, that's exactly what God wants to speak to us tonight. So uh, Luke chapter 24 and verse 49 It says this, and behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31 says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I want to talk to 
talk tonight very briefly about God's waiting list. When God spoke, when Jesus spoke to the disciples and he said, go and remain in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. He was literally saying to them, I want you to go and wait for the wait. I want you to wait for the weight of my glory to come upon you. I want you to wait for the weight of my presence to come down and be upon you so that you can go out and heal the sick and raise the dead and see life come everywhere that you go. And you know what? Tonight, I believe that what God is setting up in this room tonight is a group of people who are willing to wait for the weight. We're here to wait for the weight of the glory of God. And I've been so encouraged. I'm doing my PhD right now in historical theology and a lot of the study I've done is in the Pentecostal movement and the birthing of the Pentecostal movement and the history of spiritual gifts and I've read basically every publication from the Azusa Street Revival for, from the, the turn of the 20th century And the key thing that I found about these people of God who saw an outpouring of revival that didn't just touch LA, but it touched the entire world, touched every movement, touched every church until 25% of the church globally identified as Pentecostal or charismatic. That's how powerful the move of God was. The key thing that I found in, in all of these publications was that it was full of people who just came together to wait for the presence of God, to wait for what God wanted to to do, to to wait on what God had for that revival. And I believe that as we wait in his presence tonight, God is going to bring an outpouring of miracles, of signs, of wonders, of healings, of prophetic words and prophetic destinies into people's lives. I love in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 to 4, where it says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. The Bible says that there was tongues for every person in that place. There was a personal encounter with the Holy Spirit for every person who waited in that room. You might have come into this place not knowing what God has for you tonight, not really expecting anything. I want to encourage you tonight that God has a personal encounter for you, a personal prophetic word, a personal miracle, a personal encounter that He wants to bring about in this room tonight as we wait on his presence. A.W. Tozer said this, when we have the Holy Spirit, we have all that is needed to be all that God desires us to be. Smith Wigglesworth said, the power of God will take you out of your own plans and put you into the plan of God. A.W. Tozer again said, we go astray when we attempt to do spiritual work without spiritual power. And Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18 says, Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
you know what? In the Greek, that word be filled with the Holy Spirit means to be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. This is not a one-time only thing. This is not just something that happened to me in 1995 in New Zealand. This is something that we need to continue to encounter every day. And as we come into the presence of God and as we wait for the weight of His glory, He is doing a new thing. He is doing a fresh work. He is doing a new work in our hearts and lives today. I wonder if you remember the first time you ever encountered the power of the Holy Spirit in your own life. I remember the first time I encountered the power of the Holy Spirit. I came from a family that got radically saved in the early 90s. My dad was Muslim and my mum had converted to Islam to marry my dad. Um, Their lives were falling apart from a series of different circumstances that happened. They got radically saved and we started going along to a Pentecostal church just like this. And my dad wasn't really quite saved yet. He would sit in the back, somewhere down the back, and he would hear about Moses, and he would hear about Abraham and Elijah the prophet, and he'd hear about all these characters that he knew about from Islam. But he heard about one character that he'd never heard about, and that was the Holy Spirit. And as they started to talk about the Holy Spirit breaking out in the services and the Holy Spirit healing people and setting people free from addictions and the wondrous things that the Holy Spirit did, my dad was like, okay, I want to encounter this Holy Spirit that you're talking about. And so one night he's a scientist and he uh, was lying in bed and he just said, Holy Spirit, if you're real, then show me. Still a Muslim at the time. And as he's lying in bed, the Holy Spirit from the tip of his head to the soles of his feet just begins to blow all over his body like a wind. And my dad being a scientist was like, what a coincidence. Like, this is not possible, right? Uh, He goes to the windows, tries to find out what was going on there, goes back to bed. And then again, that wind blows all over his body. He again didn't believe it. It happened one more time and he heard the Holy Spirit say, I just want to show you that my presence is real. I want to show you that this is real. And my dad was like, okay, game over. I want to be a Christian now. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the power of God. And so do you know what? I grew up believing that there was a God in heaven, that he had changed our lives, that he had saved us, redeemed us, set us free, turned my family upside down. We were radically saved. We had Benny Hinn tapes playing on our TV screen all day, every day. And I remember uh, the rule was that we would have to, anytime that Benny Hinn was playing, was praying, we would have to go and lay our hands on the TV screen and pray with Benny Hinn. And so I remember one day mum was making dinner. I was just by myself in the lounge room and he was talking about speaking in tongues. And I was just intrigued as a six-year-old kid about the Holy Spirit and whatever they were talking about and speaking in tongues. And I remember as he said, okay, I'm going to pray. I want you to reach out your hands to to the screens. Let's pray for baptism of the Spirit, speaking in tongues. I began to reach out my hand and and put my hands on the screen as a six-year-old kid just there by myself. And I started to pray with Benny Hinn to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden I started 
started speaking in tongues in our lounge room in New Zealand, hands on the screen, six-year-old kid not knowing what was going on. I encountered the power of the Holy Spirit that day. And from that day to this day, I've always known Him close and near to me. I've always known His presence to be with me. God can move in miraculous and mysterious ways. God wants to move in our lives tonight. Maybe you have a family member who is far from God. Maybe you have a neighbor who you've been praying for and believing for. I believe that in just one moment of time, the Holy Spirit can show up in their lives, can do the miraculous through your prayers and through you laying hands or through you praying for them. God can move in their circumstances and situations tonight. But that wasn't a one-time only event. I remember as a teenager coming to conferences, youth conferences, I heard the youth conference here a couple of weeks ago was just incredible. Yeah, can we give God some praise for what he did? at the youth conference. And how many know it's just the beginning of what God wants to do in this place. God is about to, I believe from from all over America and the world, I believe God's gonna bring young people to this place and and, and young adults who wanna learn and grow under the ministry of you guys. And I believe that God is gonna cultivate something in the young people who are just hungry for a pure move of God. And uh, so I went to these uh, youth conferences as a kid and I remember just going up the front not really knowing what to expect again. And I just get prayed for the fire of God to touch me. You know, when the preacher just goes up and goes, fire, 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 you know, those sorts of ones. And so I'll be on the ground just under the power of God and just the fire of God changing me and transforming me. And I remember one time being so set on fire with the power of the Holy Spirit going back to my school, which was a non-Christian high school uh, in, in Australia and it had about 1,500 people. And I thought, I'm going to start a Christian group in my high school. I'm going to start a youth ministry, a youth group in my high school at lunchtime. So um, I decided at the time, all of the youth ministries in Australia, like Planet Shakers and different things, were calling their youth ministries Boom. So like Planet Boom and different things like that. So I decided I was going to call my, my school youth ministry Detonate. You know, a little, a little bit of a play on Boom. Uh, because the Holy Spirit's going to come and blow this place up, right? And that would be okay for any, you know, true true blue Aussie kid. But when you're half Iranian and half Irish and you want to start a religious group named Detonate, um, it's not really going to go that well for you. And so... I got called into the principal's office, legit, no word of a lie. They were, the principal's like, so Layla, um, I hear you want to start a religious group named uh, Detonate, is it? <laughs> Just wanting to know your intentions. But Holy Spirit's going to come blow this place up. No. <laughs> but, but I was so set on fire with the power of God. You know what? Don't underestimate what God has the power to do in your young people, in your teenagers. When they get set on fire with the power of the Holy Spirit, all those things that you've been telling them to do, clean their room and obey you and go to school or whatever, the Holy Spirit begins to be on your side and do the work on the inside of them themselves as they begin to be conformed into the image of Christ. 
the Holy Spirit is here to encounter us, not just in a moment when we're teenagers or not just in the first time we ever encounter him, but he wants us to be continually encountering him. And I believe he wants us to encounter him in this place tonight. I want to share just very quickly three people who were on God's waiting list in the Bible. Three people who were on God's waiting list. And when I say God's waiting list, it's not like they're waiting for God to do something in their lives and God's not doing it. It's just people who are people who are saying, God, I'm going to wait for your power. I'm going to wait in your glory. I'm going to wait in your presence. I'm going to wait on you and whatever you want to do and however you want to speak and however you want to come. The first person was Joshua in Exodus chapter 33 in verse 9 to 11. It says, and Moses went into the tent The pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke to Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped each at the entrance to their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. He did not leave the tent. This is the only passage of scripture that we find about Joshua just lingering at the tent. And we know that Moses was the one who wrote this book. Moses was writing about Joshua lingering at the tent. But this is all the information that they give us about Joshua staying at the tent that he was standing outside the tent, that he was waiting on the presence of God. He was watching that Moses was encountering God. And even after Moses left, Joshua lingered. There was something in Joshua that was hungry to wait on the presence of God, hungry to encounter the glory of God like Moses did. And as he was waiting in the presence of God, as he was waiting at the tent, God was doing something powerful in Joshua. We know that Joshua is the one who is the pick of Jesus who delivers Israel into their promised land. We see that he is the one who sees God do the mighty acts of bringing down the walls and enabling people to enter into what God has for them. But we have no idea what God did when he was lingering at the tent. Do you know what? When we linger in the presence of God, when we wait on the weight of his glory in this room, maybe I don't know what God's doing in your heart, in your life, in your spirit, but I know that God is birthing something, that God is raising something up, that God is equipping you for something. I know that there's a mark that is being placed on you in this room for something special. There is a tailor-made destiny that God has called and anointed and appointed you for. And when you get in the presence of God, under the anointing, when you linger in places like this, when you linger in the presence, I believe that something comes upon us for what God wants to do in and through us. The second person that we see on God's waiting list is Peter. Peter, um, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 14, it says that after the Holy Spirit is poured out, Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. He says, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. 
and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. It's interesting that we see Peter standing up and articulating to the people what God was doing. He's standing up in front of thousands of people and the Bible actually tells us that as he preaches to this group of people, 3,000 people that day get saved. It's so interesting because before Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, before he waited on the weight of the glory of God, we know that he was called to be the leader of the church. But, and, and that what he had to do to be the leader of the church was to sense what God was doing and articulate it to the people. But even though he was called, every time he had the opportunity to sense what God was doing in a moment and articulate it to lead the people, he missed it. We see every time he had the opportunity, he missed it. There was one time when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet and uh, Peter is... is the first one, first cab off the rank to have his feet washed by Jesus. And Jesus is like, let me wash your feet. And Peter goes, no, Jesus, you will never wash my feet. Right? Jesus is like, if you don't let me wash my feet, wash your feet, you have no part of me. And then he's like, okay, wash my feet, wash my arms, wash my hair. You know, I've, I've brought some shampoo for you, Jesus. No, he's, he's like, he's not understanding. He can't sense what God is doing and then articulate it and respond to it accordingly. He, he can't do what God has called him to do. There was another time that Jesus is talking about going to the cross and he's talking about all of this and Peter says to Jesus, he stands up and he's like, no, Jesus, no, you will not die. You will not do that. I'm not going to let it happen. I'm with you to the end. And Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan. When Jesus thinks you're Satan, you probably feel pretty far from your calling, right? Probably feel like it's all over. He's going to choose someone else to lead his church. I've stuffed this up. I've messed it up too much. It's not going to work for me. Peter couldn't articulate. He couldn't sense what God was doing and then articulate it. There was another time when Peter was on a mountain and Jesus starts getting into some weird stuff. Jesus calls down Elijah and he calls down Moses and he's having this transfiguration transformers moment and he's encountering God. And we see that Peter, the Bible says, is absolutely terrified. And he says to Jesus, Jesus, um, it's really cool that we're here, eh? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, Maybe we should uh, make some shelters and uh, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. The Bible says that he said this because he literally had no idea what else to say. He had no idea what God was doing. He was terrified and he had no idea how to respond or articulate what God was doing. Another time he cuts a guy's ear off because he doesn't realize that it's part of Jesus' purpose to be crucified. He then again leaves Jesus. When he does get crucified, he runs away and he denies Jesus. Every single time that Peter had the opportunity to fulfill his calling before he encountered the power of the Holy Spirit. He missed it. Every time he messed it up. Why? Because without the power of the Holy Spirit, without the weight of the glory of God, we cannot fulfill the calling and the purpose and the destiny and the plan that God has for us. But guess what? When the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when the weight of the glory of God rests on you, you are propelled 
into the calling and the destiny that God has for you. You can fulfill what God has purposed for you to fulfill. You can be who God has called you to be. The third and final person that I want to share about, maybe if the worship team could join me, is Mary. Mary waited at the feet of Jesus. We see in Luke chapter 10 and verse 38 to 42, it says, And Jesus and his disciples were on their way. He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations and had to, that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you even care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. It's a bold move to tell Jesus what to do. Here's Martha telling Jesus what to do. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. We see that Mary sat. Mary remained in the presence of Jesus. Mary just sat at the feet of Jesus, just waiting on his presence, waiting on his glory. She knew that this was the more important place to be. She knew that there was something that she could receive from Jesus while he was with her here on the earth. She knew that even though all the work had to be done, it was nowhere near as important as what was being done in her heart and life as she sat in his presence. And as I read this passage of scripture, sometimes, you know, I'm like, I'll go with the flow. I don't care about like getting the job done. I'll just sit in the presence of Jesus. No worries. Everyone else is mad at me around me. You know, I'm the type of person I'm like, oh, well. Um, so I sort of identify with Mary, but I, I think about Martha. I'm like, God, I can see what she means. I can see what she means. Like, what's going to happen if everybody starts coming over to her house and it's her house? The Bible has told us it's her house. She's responsible for the food in this house. She's responsible to feed all the people. She's responsible to wait on the people. I was like, God, what was she supposed to do? Like she couldn't sit there with Mary. No wonder she's mad at Mary. She's like, Mary, you're looking like the holy one and I'm the one getting the job done, right? (laughs) Stupid Mary. She's mad at Mary. (laughs) And God spoke to me as I was like, yeah, I... I think, Mar- I think Martha was right, Lord. He's like, Layla, have you ever considered that I'm in the catering business myself? Have you ever considered that there were thousands of people, all I had was two fish and five loaves, and I fed thousands with that little boy's lunch? Have you ever considered that if Martha had just sat at my feet as well, that she would have received a miracle in her home that would have been recorded in the Bible as this incredible miracle where Jesus came and he waited on the people in her house. Instead, she felt like it all depended on her. But when she waited in the presence of Jesus, on the other side of her weight, there could have been a miracle that God could have brought forth in her house. I wonder tonight, church, I wonder tonight what miracles are waiting on the other side of our weight. 
What miracles are waiting on the other side of us just sitting in the presence of Jesus, forgetting about all of our responsibilities for just a moment, knowing that this isn't our house, it's His house, knowing that it's not my life, it's His life, knowing that He is in control, that it all belongs to Him, that when I surrender all, when I give Him all, when I wait in His presence, He is more than able to bring about the miraculous plan and purpose that He has for our lives. Can we stand to our feet right now? Holy Spirit, I thank You, God, that Your presence is in this place. Lord God, I just pray that you would forgive us where we have been distracted by many things. Forgive us when we have been distracted by all the work that we need to do, thinking that everything rests upon us, that it rests upon my job rests upon me, my career rests upon me, my family rests upon me, my finances rest upon me. No, God, when we rest in you, they rest in you. God, we thank you that we can rest in you and we can see your plan and purpose go forward in our lives tonight. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.